So Acts uh, 11, uh, we're going to continue on there. Um, we're going to read from verse 19 through to verse 30. Um, Acts 11, 19 um, to 30. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out uh, when Stephen was killed to travel as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit preached that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. I wonder um, what sort of year you have had in 2000. In 18, I hope it was a year to remember for good reasons uh, and not bad reasons. could be that it's a year that you want to put behind you uh, and to move on because it was defined by bad stuff, by illness, by bereavement, by loneliness perhaps. One thing um, this year, I, I turned 49, I'm, I'm pleased, or not pleased actually, it's my last year uh, in my 40s, but um, through those years, one thing that I have learned is that Next year probably won't really be any different to last year. Experience will teach you that there'll be good times and there'll be bad times. There's going to be times when you're full uh, of the joys of spring and there's going to be times when you feel that your life uh, or that your world uh, is ending. And of course this is the time of year when people will make those New Year's uh, resolution. We've had that little time over Christmas, that period of downtime where we start to ponder uh, our life, start to ponder where we're going in life, perhaps where we review things a little bit, where maybe we want to change things uh, a little bit. At this time of year, we probably want to turn the tide of the mess that was last year and just look for a new hope uh, in a new year, put the past behind and start again. Now, I've already said to Pamela I'm going to lose a stone this year. Okay, I know it's not going to happen because I said Every year I usually put a stone on. That's a better way to look at it. I know you say the opposite of what actually happens. Uh, we say we're going to put those toxic people behind us uh, who brought us, us misery this year. We say we're going to sort out our finances. 2019 is going to be different. We're not going to splurge on the credit card. 2019 is going to be something new. It's going to be something uh, amazing. But you know the deal. You know the way that it really pans out in the end. Next week, you stay off chocolate. 
you probably will, right, until somebody waves a dairy milk in your face and, and that's your dad officially over that lasted maybe two days, three days perhaps. <coughs> You're going to go to the gym faithfully for two weeks. That's what's going to happen. If you go, you become what's known as a gym jammer. We've all done that as well. The old patterns and the old habits quickly creep back in uh, to where we were. But you know what? That's okay. That's not failure because these things aren't probably that important after all. But it is a good time. It's a good time of the year just to reflect, to take a pause and look back and look forward. But wouldn't it be better to look to the things in our life that will bring about real change? Change that's going to bring us real joy. Change that has eternal worth and not just some sort of stick and plaster or temporary fix over uh, our lives. To this point we've been working our way through uh, the book of Acts. We've been looking at the growth uh, of the early church. During this time we've looked at how Jesus changes lives properly from the inside out. We've considered how this new church that was forming from Jerusalem and outwards impacted on the lives of those who were following Jesus. Why have we been doing this? So that we can understand and know more about the Bible on an academic level. Not really, that's good to know that. But we do this so that you and I can live our Christian lives in a world that is hostile uh, to the gospel. And we do that when we look at the lives of these believers from back shortly after Jesus rose again. We can learn lessons from the ordinary people in the early church in Jerusalem and today in the church at Antioch. We, we look at the, um, their lives they can help us to live our ordinary lives in, in work, at home, in our family uh, whatever it is that we do uh, every day in the normal uh, mundane, mundane stuff Just this is our last Sunday together um, to open scripture now it's not our last Sunday together hopefully um, but it's the last Sunday we will have to open God's word in 2018 and just see what he has to say from that we have by God's guidance today but not by accident came upon this passage in Acts 11 and it's a defining moment in the life of the early church it's been about 14 years since Jesus was crucified and rose again where we find it today since then the followers Jesus' followers were growing in number but to this point where we find them today, they don't have a name. That's odd. We were used to the name Christian. We call ourselves Christian. We're so familiar with the name. Here until this point where we find God's people, they're called the disciples, they're called the way, brother or sister, the sect, the believers. But there's no real defining name. And it's here for the first time in Acts 11 that we see the name Christian. And it's a defining moment for these believers. Look at verse 26 if your Bible's still open. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. The Greeks called them Christianos, followers of the Messiah. Followers of the Messiah. That's what it means. A Christian is a follower of Jesus, the Savior. Jesus 
the Messiah. So to the followers of the Messiah here uh, in Shankill Community Fellowship, I just want us to take pause on this last Sunday of 2018 as we look forward into what will be an uncertain year for all of us. I just want to look and see what encouragement God's Word has to offer us here. So we're going to look first at verses 19 and 20. Keep your Bible open and we'll just work our way down through verses 19 and 21 actually. This year will bring you pain. Go and have a face that. This year will bring disappointment. This year will bring some of us illness. And if you're following hard after Jesus, this year is going to cost you. It's going to bring you uh, a cost. The difficulties could become so bad because we've all been there and I have been there where you start to ask the questions. And you know the questions that I'm talking about. Where are you God, and why is this happening to me? Today, as you sit here, perhaps you're reasoning that 2018 was the year where you really tried. You really tried hard uh, for God, but in the end, things inevitably went against you anyway. And you're still asking the question, how can use God use this, use this mess that was last year? At times, you will ask the question, what is the point of my illness, of my pain can God really be in something like cancer unemployment in a very difficult family life can God use that before you try to answer that in your own mind and I know that all of us try to work this stuff out let's just take a minute here let's consider what we have just read in verses 19 and 21 consider what it was like for the church in Jerusalem ordinary church ordinary people just like you and me Look at verses 19 and 21. Stephen has just been killed. He's been stoned to death. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that if it was someone from this church? Can you imagine what it would be like to be a member uh, of that church? As a result, the other Christians have to flee for their lives. They have to just get away. They had to leave their homes behind. They've had to leave their jobs behind. Now remember, there's no welfare here. No job can mean no food. It can mean slavery. It can mean servitude. They had to leave family behind. They had to run and hide like criminals. Can you imagine what it was like to be a member of the church in Jerusalem? And these Christians, the ones who had to watch Stephen be murdered, they had to flee to other countries. And at this time, I can only guess, they were asking the same questions that you and me ask when hard times come. Where are you, God? Why is this happening to me? Is there any point in this suffering? But let's look closely at what happened. What happened as they fled, as they left this life behind? First thing you see is they didn't give up hope. Instead, as they took this unwanted, this unplanned and this very difficult journey away, they didn't give up on Jesus and they didn't ever blame God there's no record of that here instead they took and they saw the opportunity to spread the gospel as they went so instead they went from town to town and they told people about Jesus look at verse 20 what did they tell them verse 20 says telling them 
the good news about Jesus. And as they went, some of them told the Gentiles, remember we looked at that a week or two back, um, the Gentiles are outsiders, some of them brought the message of the gospel to them. Jesus died to save them. And that they too could have this good news, this message of salvation, that they can have their a relationship with God um, because Jesus had paid the price for their sin. That's what they told people as they went along. These were a, a displaced uh, and terrified people. As they moved to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Cyrene, in spite of their problems, they still told people about Jesus. God was using their hard time. This difficult time. These beleaguered believers continued to spread the gospel. We know that in following Jesus in 2019, God is going to take you and he's going to take me and he's going to bring us on these difficult journeys that we didn't ask for, that we didn't plan. They're unwanted and they are difficult. And it won't be easy. Sometimes when we hear people talk about this stuff, there's a sort of uh, rose-tinted spectacle thing that, that in obedience to God... It's going to be easy, but it's not. These hard times are not easy. And you know, you who have spent nights up in pain or pain with a a loved one, or for some reason you can't get peace of mind because of the situation that's going on in your life, it's not easy. It's not easy when you've been excluded. It's not easy when money is tight. It wasn't easy for these guys, but they looked for the opportunity still to serve the Lord. From my own life, I can tell you in 2018, there were times when God brought me on unwanted and unplanned and difficult journeys. And I asked the question, what good is this? Why did you allow this to come into my life? There doesn't seem to be much point in what's going on here. Surely this mess can't be your will, Lord. And in those times, it was God holding on to me that brought me through. I would have gave up. But when I can look back, I can look now and see that God used everything. Nothing was wasted as hard as it was. Every hard time that I've experienced, God was able to use. Every mistake that I've ever made, God has been able uh, to use. God has used it. God uses these tough times as trailing times. And God creates opportunity in the middle of them for us to bring the gospel and to experience him. We're familiar with Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We know that in all things, all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God's lessons from the school of suffering can be hard. But can I encourage you in the light of this passage this morning and in the light of looking at other believers who went through a very difficult time in service to the Lord, can I encourage you to keep going this morning, keep trusting in spite of your difficulties and to keep obeying in spite of your difficulties. 
and remember that God can and God will use the difficult situation that will come in 2019. Remember these displaced believers from Jerusalem in AD 44 or whatever it was. They obeyed in spite of their difficulties. They never stopped telling people that Jesus died to save sinners. When things go wrong for us, it's all too easy just to pull back and to hide and seclude ourselves away um, from, from other people's sight. Did God use their situation? That very difficult situation? Yes, he did. Absolutely. Look at verse 21. Have a look at verse 21. What does it say? It says, The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. These guys persevered through their adversity. Verse 21 said that the Lord's hand was with them. What an amazing thing to have the Lord's hand with us. It means that, that our lack of ability and our um, our lack of giftedness doesn't really matter when God's involved. The Lord's hand was with them and that's what we need. The enemies of Jesus, those who wanted rid of the church, did their best to wipe them out. But it didn't happen. The church grew anyway. Because God blessed these obedient believers who never give up. They never give up when times were hard. Let's look on down to verses 22 um, to 26. I think we've established that there are uh, difficult times ahead for all of us, whether that's next year or the next or the next. So how do we, how do we as believers, ordinary believers here on the Shankill Road, move forward confidently without fear, without fear of the future into 2019? How do we move forward with a joy in our hearts? Verse 22 records the entrance of our old friend Barnabas. There's one person, there's not one person, there's lots of people I would like to meet in heaven, but Barnabas would definitely be on my top ten uh, of people who I want uh, to meet. You remember Barnabas from earlier? Uh, we, we looked at him earlier on. Um, he had a nickname, and Barnabas was his nickname. Does anybody remember what Barnabas means? Son of encouragement. Brilliant, you were paying attention, thank you. Um, it means son of encouragement. And then he walks here in verse 22, and you can picture his cheery face walking into this group of believers. He was probably whistling his favourite hymn as he slapped them on the back. It was hard to get Barnabas down. Verse 23, when he saw what God had done, he was glad. When Barnabas saw that God was active, that's what cheered him up. That's what gave him this life that was in him. And churches need people like Barnabas. They need encouragers. We've talked about this before. And we all need to be like Barnabas. He keeps appearing through Acts. So what can we learn from Barnabas in this particular situation? What can we learn that we can apply to our little group of believers here? Well, I think that it's this. Having seen what God has done in the past, having seen what God is doing here in Shankill Community Fellowship, firstly, like Barnabas, we should be thankful for what God has done. Be thankful for what God is doing. And once we've established that, like Barnabas, we need to put all our effort into serving Jesus. 
all of our effort. And really, we need to burn our bridges and not look back when it comes to serving the Lord. If we want to experience this full joy of knowing Jesus as uh, the Saviour, then I don't think we can do things by half. Barnabas gave his all. Don't try to compromise with the world. Don't try to keep a little bit for you over here and another little bit for God over here. You won't experience the joy of the Lord. You won't have this all fulfilling, driving joy that Barnabas had that that let him encourage others. Throw your all into God's work. Throw your lot in with God's people. Let your motto be Jesus all for Jesus. This is how Barnabas lived. He followed hard after God with no turning back. And this is where Barnabas was able to draw and and just spread this joy out to the other believers where instead of of gossip coming from his lips, he only spoke words of encouragement to the Christians. Verse 23, Barnabas' heart is glad of what God is doing. So much so that he deems it important enough to go and look for Paul, who was a couple of hundred miles away. By the way, he wasn't just in the next street uh, with no car. He goes and looks for Paul and he brings them him back to Antioch. The Bible tells us that they stayed here for a year with this newly formed church at Antioch. The both of them deemed that what God was doing, these new believers in Jesus, this new church plant they deemed it important enough to stop what they were doing and move to another town and stay with them and teach them for a year until they were established and solid in their faith there's lessons for us here there's example for us here what's our attitude to church to the other believers to the time that we give, to the money that we give, I wonder at times is church just a bit of an inconvenience or an annoyance? Think about these guys. Church was important enough for Paul and Barnabas to give everything. They burnt their bridges and they moved forward with the Lord. Why did they do this? They knew how important the church was to their Lord and their Saviour, Jesus. Jesus who they loved and they served. Jesus died for the church. Jesus calls the church his bride. And if this church is important to Jesus, then this church, our brothers and sisters here in Christ, should be important to us. I just want to encourage you in the light of what we've read here today that as we enter 2019 to put your all in to the church because the Lord's hand will be with you as in verse 21 Jesus loves the church he died for the church he calls us his bride and as brothers and sisters in the Lord the church should be important to you and to me it's the last thing I want to look at in verses 27 uh, to 30 is their love their love for each other 2019 might be hard, but do you know what's going to make it easier? If the believers here 
in Shankill Community Fellowship choose to love each other as these guys loved each other. The reality is most of us are all pretty unlovable. We think we're great. I think I'm great. That's, that's, that's sinful human nature. That ensures we are fundamentally selfish. So you have to choose to love. And these guys chose to love. Chose to love as forgiven and humble brothers and sisters in Christ. And they did this not just by talking about it. They, they put it into practice. It wasn't what they said, but it was what they did. If you look at verse 27, um, mentions a man called Agabus who predicts, he prophesies that there would be a famine in the land and it would appear that this newly founded church were in a position financially to help the church back in Jerusalem, back in Judea. You see what's happening? The younger church, the younger sister is actually able to help the church that sent them in the first place. And they choose to love by taking an offering, by collecting money and giving it. Haven't we done that this year as well for some of the missionaries? They send a gift back via Barnabas and Paul to the elders of the church in Judea. Of course, always remember that the church is the people. church isn't the building. This is just a building. The church is the people. The believers here, we are those living stones that make up the church. Jesus is the cornerstone. The church is important to Jesus. The church was important to Barnabas and Paul. And the church should be important to you and to me. These believers who sit around you are your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Our family membership has been bought and paid for by his blood on the cross at Calvary and we have to choose to love not just by what we say but by what we do at times that means you have to overlook people's faults at times you have to turn a blind eye to other people's failures at times that means you have to forgive when necessary and at times like the church at Antioch give when necessary This is the last time that we're going to look at God's word together this year. We've established that 2019 is going to bring who knows what. But no matter what happens in 2019, when things get tough, think about this wee church. Think about them. Never forget either that we are a people. We are the church. We are the bride of Christ we are the redeemed people of God we have Jesus and we have each other Sama said how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity so as we move forward in 2019 think about the church at Antioch let's be obedient even in the troubles that come let's prioritize the work of the church here as we obey Jesus because the church is important to him and let's love each other as the family of God thank you for listening